Welcome to Failing Forward. Mona, can you please introduce yourself for the audience today? Hello and namaste everyone. This is Mona Sherpa. Uh, I work as Assistant Content Director in Care Nepal. And why is it important for us to be talking about failure? Why did you decide to join us today? Failure, uh, it's part of our life. And then like, you know, as we talk of success, talking of failure is also equally important uh, because when you do something, it's but natural to fail. You don't succeed in one go. And then failures are the ones like, you know, which helps you to experience uh, certain things. It, it gives you knowledge. It tells you like, you know, where are the gaps and how you can improve on it when you reflect on it. So what is the failure you're going to be talking about today? In Care Nepal, you know, um, in last five, six years, especially in our entire effort around localization, um, in humanitarian context, you know, uh, there are some very nice reflection that has happened in Care Nepal, and we have learned a lot out of it. So, you know, especially in 2017, there was this huge flood in Kailali, Bardia, and then again, in 2019, there was another big flood in Rautahat. These are like, you know, um, uh, the outside districts and all. And uh, what we noted is, you know, um, when it comes to partnership and also localized kind of partnership, uh, many development organization, we tend to think that we are superior. We know everything and we do not provide similar sort of platform to them. Like, you know, sometimes though the intention is correct, but in practice, we always think like we are here to teach them. They don't know anything. You know, we are here to capacitate them. But then this should be very mutual. You know, learning should happen from both ends. They teach us about the community where we want to make difference. And then we come up with many technical, you know, grips and technical strength. So it's about bringing these two together and working together in a mutual way. So that is something that we should value and we should learn from each other. We should teach other, we should facilitate each other. And then only we can really reach to the community on time with the right intention, with the right value of work. Tell us a little bit about the context in Nepal with localization and how you got started with that. In 2017, um, this huge flood happened in Kailali, Bardia. You know, many people, they lost their lives. And then there was lots of loss of like, you know, properties and everything. It was a very chaotic situation. And since it was on the Western part of Nepal, it was quite far away from the major system. Um, an immediate like, you know, um, uh, request for this response, like, you know, relief items and things like that started. And we started seeing this in media, but also government started like, you know, sending us these requests, um, asked us for help and all. And then CARE as a humanitarian organization also, we were ready. And we were ready because we already had like, you know, our emergency preparedness plan in hand as a humanitarian organization. There were a few like, you know, partners and um, um, like, you know, stakeholders that we had engaged earlier through our development effort also. And they also started reaching us out. And we wanted to definitely like, you know, go for it. And then as for the care system, we applied for ERF, like, you know, emergency response fund, we got it. But interestingly, when we had to go to the field, we didn't have our partners in hand to start work immediately, you know? And then only probably also because we didn't have resource in hand. So that's why we were not ready. But that whole pre-positioning, you know, preparedness on our end was a bit lacking, though we had emergency preparedness plan in hand. 
So what we noted is like, you know, we had document in hand, we had plan in our hand, but it's socialization, you know, the staff themselves being aware of it, but also at the same time, partners who are also on board to take this work immediately, you know, relief work immediately, it was not there. And it took us nearly a week, you know, to bring partners on board to procure, you know, staffs and then start our relief, you know, um, uh, work. Uh, and in emergency, like, you know, in this situation, you know, like, you know, how this um, 24 hours, you know, the 72 hours is very, like, crucial for us. And if we cannot immediately reach to the ground and, you know, uh, uh, help people with their immediate needs, then you don't remain authentic as you have to be as a humanitarian organization. So that was a huge, you know, um, sort of... Um, sort of backlash on us, you know, and then we team, we, we did it. We like, you know, we reached there later on, we supported government, we worked with um, uh, like, you know, newly onboarded like partners, uh, we engaged in relief um, work and later on also in that entire response related work, you know, but then we were not as efficient as we had to be. And just because we were not pre-positioned, we were not prepared, that local partners with whom we could work, they were not in hand there. And that really gave us a very good learning. And after like, you know, everything was done, when we sat together um, uh, as a team, uh, there was a reflection. Uh, and in that reflection, we realized just having document is not enough. You know, it's internalization, who holds what kind of role, why that role is there, how we bring our partners on board, having that framework sort of understanding with partners, understanding the capacity of the partners and pre-positioning them so that like, you know, when situation happens, like when disaster happens, they are immediately there to run the show, you know, provide relief um, items and support as per their need to the communities. The other thing was also, we understood that like, you know, not having these, um, um, the whole, you know, preparedness effort in place on hand, and if the leadership also doesn't take a similar sort of role, if you do not have a decentralized kind of authority or working environment, you know, how it really impacts your response work. And for a humanitarian organization, it can be a very like, you know, dangerous thing. So that's the greater learning that we had. So how did you move past that? What did you do next? So with this realization, at this point of time, you know, uh, we had several conversation inside, but also we tried to learn from care itself. And then for us, the very like, you know, promising uh, model, promising approach was from uh, Care Philippines. And the way Care Philippines was working, having their humanitarian partnership platform in hand, you know, we learned a lot from them. We had one-on-one -on -one sort of conversation with them, but also in our regional uh, dialogue and discourse, we heard about it. So we thought like, you know, here also, it is very important that we bring, um, to bring our partners on board. It is important that we have a humanitarian partnership platform at ground. We pre-position ourselves with these like, you know, probable partners, we bring them on our rooster and then we have a framework sort of understanding with them. We build like, you know, what we did is we now identified those partners who hold the similar kind of capacity values and interest. Uh, they are already on board. We have done structural like, you know, um, uh, uh, MOU with them. Uh, we build their capacity and also um, like made them understand how component like gender in emergency is very important for care rather than a generic sort of like, you know, um, response work only. So simulation, practicing in a similar way, regular revision of emergency uh, preparedness plan, being clear of each other's role, 
and uh, respecting that and then being aware of like how to move ahead but also like you know in terms of stuffs and all having that in place have identifying uh, vendors you know and having uh, again doing that framework agreement with them you know so and then also engaging in co-designing process with the uh, hpp partners you know that these are the like you know certain uh, changes that we have made in our uh, current system uh, but along with that um, when emergency happens we understand that we cannot like you know always um, wait for the information and then decision happens only one at one place and all so currently what we have done is we have also decentralized the authority so like you know earlier it was smt who used to come together being part of the ert make decision and then move ahead but now we have given certain responsibility that preparedness and like you know prepositioning with the partners with the content and having a like you know solid emergency preparedness plan and everything in hand is always there but along with that authority is also given to the drr coordinator and the person like you know immediately when it happens makes a decision uh, something that we also did is um, to have emergency preparedness plan in hand is one to have partnership like you know on board is one but then it is also important that we have resources to enroll it so uh, through our like you know uh, this framework agreement we also gave some resources to the local partner and in recent time uh, this year when there was a fire outbreak you know in narainapur in bake uh, it we like within 24 hours we could reach them out and partners they immediately got mobilized you know they informed us and then we had some like you know communication and immediately made decision and then partners could immediately work there and similarly during covid time also you know rather than having a very centralized kind of procurement process or bringing partners on board only after that rather than that having localized uh, you know humanitarian partnership platform really helped us to be immediately there and and um, like cater the needs of the affected people so those sort of improvement in our system and in our practice it really helped uh, we are still working on it i won't say like you know we are completely done and then there is nothing to reflect now and then you know this is it i won't say that uh, but like through the recent uh, um, response work also we understood that like you know we can be even more concrete there in information management and communication processes we can be even more stronger um, how to bring like you know major messages from the ground in our whole risk communication related work but also how to you know um, share this information with the donors with other partners um, you know those sort of in, things are the areas like you know where we can still improve and we are still working this is a continuous ongoing process i would say mm, but yeah some sort of improvement after the reflection has definitely happened you mentioned two things, sharing power and decision-making authority and sharing resources, actually providing funding for partners. Those are two things that's easy to say and hard to do. How did you make it happen? So what we did is when we had a like you know framework understanding with the um, onboard partners, we also in our regular like you know development work and as a part of pre-positioning for any kind of disaster, we put that resource like five lakh rupees, you know, in their sub-grant itself. And then that was very much dedicated for any kind of emergency situation. So recently when that Narayanapur firebreak thing happened where hundred something like in a family was affected because partners were already approved with that resource, it was already on hand. So they just informed us 
and then they gave us like you know update of what has happened and what sort of resources they are giving what are the needs and immediately they could use that resource for them they didn't have to go come to the care structure and processes and saying like okay and then, then approve it and go it like in other development um, uh, times so putting that resource in there like you know in our um, agreement and in our regular work dedicated for the preparedness, like you know, uh, emergency relief work itself, that was what we did. Uh, the other thing is, uh, as I said earlier, um, we were clear in our vision and how and what we should work, like you know, when any sort of disaster happens. But we were a bit centralized because for every decision making, it had to like you know come to ERT. And then ERT comes together, makes a decision, and then it like you know the information flows to the RRT and from RRT to local partners, and then only to the relief like you know work at the ground and all. So understanding, we understood that this is not a lean process. This is quite hierarchical, and then because it is hierarchical, it really takes your time. And in humanitarian uh, time, urgency, you know, in in your effort, in your action is very important. So understanding, we had a reflection on it. And understanding this, what we did is we gave that authority to the DRR coordinator. So now DRR coordinator has a regular engagement with ERT, but also at the same time with RRT and the, the humanitarian partnership platform. So this is the central point, you know, who gets information from everyone, but also understands the context, is pre-positioned, like monsoon is about to come, the person and the team is already ready, you know, and then it becomes very swifter. You know, the two lines that we had created earlier was already like, you know, we took it off and then it, it became a very swift uh, decision-making process. You mentioned earlier that there were two crises, one in 2017 and one in 2019. And in 2019, you noticed that you repeated some of the problems from 2017. How did mm -hmm. that happen? Like see, the major problem that we had in 2017 was not having a preposition partners, you know, at the ground, at the local level to immediately, you know, be mobilized. And that lesson was already there. But that was also the time when, you know, the emergency uh, preparedness plan and, you know, that whole responsibility was within care was also not placed in a right, you know, that accountability of EPP and its placement was not in a right place because um, the program support team who had to take it forward because we understood that the procurement related work, you know, the logistic management, those sort of things are more important. And that's how it was positioned in that department. And then because of that, that whole work, you know, really got um, delayed and it couldn't be as effective and efficient as we had thought of. And program support team also didn't have like, you know, close relation with partners as the program team generally like, you know, has. So understanding the, you know, increased amount of or layers of decision-making and information gathering, um, and then really getting into like, you know, real action, we understood that that is not a right place. So what we did is we took out the accountability or the responsibility related to EPP and brought it in the program, one. The other thing is 
in partnership as we understood that it is important that we have that localized partner and like you know um, the platform at ground so we immediately like you know we chose some um, possible partners we engage in the due diligence process as a preparedness process like you know beforehand and uh, we were ready saying like okay if any kind of disaster happens these are the partners who are ready with the capacity with the resources and can immediately move on so you know in 2017 we had this observation we had a reflection on it and in 2017 definitely we improved on it okay in 2019 we improved on it however in terms of partnership we still slacked because <laughs> we identified partner but then at that time you know the framework understanding was yet not done but then when covid situation happened at that time we were already like you know we had revised our process we had revised our system we already had our partner in hand so the covid response related work you know we could take it really forward in a like you know very quick time even the procurement related work we could do it from the local partners itself at the local place itself so it really reduced the time it generally took for us to get into the real relief work. Yeah, there's something really interesting in that about having to change your whole system. It's not just about sort of changing the words on paper or even changing your understanding of saying we want to do more localization, but having to change your procurement, having to change who makes the decision, having to change how we allocate money. Uh, it's, it's not just about the principles of it. It's how do you yeah. make it real? And Care Nepal, we like, you know, during this time, we also understood that strength of having your vision in paper, your plan in paper, but also having a right kind of mechanism and structure and its importance to really translate your, you know, ideas into action. And uh, in humanitarian time, if you do not have a very lean kind of, you know, uh, management mechanisms or processes, then it does delay the whole response related work. And for us, like understanding the strength of like, you know, civil society, understanding the value of giving space to the local partners, having that kind of mutual trust and respect towards them and uh, not doubting them, but also preparing them like, you know, beforehand capacitating them and making them ready to move immediately. You know, those are the very principal level of understanding that we built in Care Nepal and we put it in action and, in recent COVID time and in recent fire outbreak, it actually worked, you know. If you had to do it all over again from the beginning, what would you do differently? Preparedness, being ready, you know, those are the very important things. Like, like as we say, like when we already know, like it is about to rain and if there is a forecast for the rain, will you like, you know, even after knowing that, will you just go outside without umbrella or you be prepared and go with umbrella? So having these localized partners in hand, you know, is something like being prepared, you know, not just in your words and in your th thoughts, but really in action. And that's very important. So as care has some amazing, like, you know, resources, frameworks, approaches in hand, what I would say is just put some effort and energy and resource to actually make it applicable, you know, uh, build it as our practice, regular practice, and just work on it and strengthen around it. And if you had to make just one recommendation to other people at CARE or to other humanitarian actors, what would that recommendation be? I would say for a humanitarian action, having that humanitarian partnership platform at ground 
where like you know local CSOs are part of it, the local private sectors are part of it, who can have like an amazing, who can do amazing work collectively through that, who are more aware of communities' need, who are more aware of the community's reality, you know. So having that humanitarian partnership platform on ground, resourcing them, having right kind of system and um, building their capacity so that they are ready. Uh, that's very important. And this is a greater lesson that CARE has learned. And CARE Philippines has also already done it. You know? And so there are two countries who have already practiced it. So these models are so ready to scale it up. You know? So I would say like CARE should really give priority to that and then invest on it. We should reflect more on it and then strengthen around it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today.